We like to say around here that our mission is to joyfully follow Jesus and help others do the same. That life with Christ is meant to be a life of joy. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and you might have it abundantly. And we say that there are at least five things that motivate us that are values, if you will. Not things that we do, but things that hopefully color all that we do. The first of these is the glory of God. and We hope that in any time you've spent at Redeemer, that you would say, yeah, they love the glory of God. That God is great. Secondly, the gospel of God. That this good news that God has loved to us and sent His Son Jesus Christ into the world for us to save us from our sins and to empower us for a new kind of life. Hopefully you'd say, yeah, Redeemer is passionate about that good news, that gospel. We're passionate about the glory of God and the gospel of God and the Word of God. That we believe the Bible is God's Word to us, that it's true, and that we are to submit all of our life to it. And hopefully you would say, yeah, you bet, that's part of Redeemer. They try to tether all that they do to the Word of God. And the people of God. God's people. That yes, this is a place where people can be loved and are loved and they are accepted and where they are encouraged and they are helped where they are equipped to joyfully follow Jesus and help others do the same and God's mission that we understand ourselves to be a sent people entrusted with the gospel and Jesus said as the father sent me so I send you that we live with a sense of gospel intentionality, that this amazing grace that has come our way has been entrusted to us to share with others, both I don't know if I should be encouraged or not. <laughs> oh. This morning, on that value of people. I want to talk to you about a ministry that we are looking to launch on February 6th. A ministry that we hope will express the love of God towards any and all of God's people who have any hurts, who have any habits, who have any hang-ups that are holding you back, pulling you back, tripping you up, standing in the way, knocking you down from all of the life that Jesus has for you. You'll hear more as we go along. Initially in 2019, it will be for the men and women of Redeemer as we get it launched and as we get it going. But our hope is that as we launch this ministry and develop leaders in this year, that it will be a ministry that we can increasingly open up to our community and say to anybody who has any hurts or habits or hang-ups that are holding you back and tripping you up and knocking you down, 
Come. Because God loves you. And we love you. And we want to help you. Caleb, let's show that video. And then we'll keep pushing on. Hi. I'm Brandy. Hi, my name is Andrew. My name is Lindsay. Hi, I'm Rob. I have a new life in Christ. I have a new life in Christ. And I'm recovering from alcoholism. My own marital infidelity. Anxiety. Anger. Overspending. Shame from my divorce. Addiction to pornography. Codependency. And I'm recovering from homosexuality. Past sexual abuse. And fear of abandonment. Hi, my name is Scott. And my name is Teresa. I have a new life in Christ and I'm recovering from depression. Bitterness from unforgiveness. Guilt and shame from past abortion. Disordered eating. Drug addiction. Lust. Pride. Finding my significance and what I think people think of me. Overeating. Insecurity. Selfishness. Not trusting God. And shame. Before I came to recovery, my life was hopeless. Full of secrets. Controlled by bitterness and anger. It was a lie. My life was defined by my sin. My marriage was falling apart. I was tired, exhausted from losing the battle against my struggle with sin. My life was a disaster. Unmanageable. Full of chaos. Isolated. Self-centered. And had lost my way. I just didn't like the way that God had made me. Really just struggled with what people thought about me. My life is all about controlling others so that I couldn't be rejected. I sought pleasure in all the things that the world had to offer, uh, and uh, all those things left me empty. Before I came to recovery, my life was unmanageable and out of control. It was a bottle of insecurity. Filled with frustration, anger, and bitterness towards my husband. Way too focused on me, what I want, and what I think. I wasn't ready to give up and surrender what I'd worked so hard to control. And I couldn't figure out why I wasn't finding any healing. My first night at recovery, I felt like I was unredeemable. I thought, how is this going to help me? No one could really understand how I felt. I'm terrified that I'd have to figure out how to live life sober. Completely defeated. I didn't want to see anybody, talk to anybody, have anybody acknowledge I was here. I wanted it to end really quickly. I felt weak, numb, dirty, like I had a spotlight on me. But I was amazed by everyone's courage. I felt a glimmer of hope because I knew I was among some other broken people. And I didn't have to hide my junk any longer. I was desperate for help. I didn't care what people thought anymore. I just wanted to be well. I shared things that I thought I would never tell anybody. I felt encouragement like there was hope. Relieved. I started to believe. I started to believe a new life was possible. When I heard story after story after story of how Christ showed up and changed everything. When I actually was able to forgive my husband. When I realized I was not alone in my struggles. Well, when I could see that my sin could be forgiven. Well, when I heard about God's grace. I started to believe that a new life was possible. When I acted in obedience to Christ and shared what had been done to me. When I saw God changing the lives of the other women in the group. When I realized how much I'd allowed my sin to define every single decision and behavior in my life. When I realized that God loved me, no matter what I had done, people didn't run screaming from the room. They put their arm around me and they walked with me through that part of the journey. When I heard that it wasn't about what I had done, but what Christ had done for me. When I realized that I didn't have to gain the approval of anyone, that God had already chosen me and he wasn't unaware of my struggles or my past. Because of Christ. Because of Christ. I now have joy. My life is now free from self-harm, peaceful, filled with hope. And meaningful. And I'm able to share that with people. Because of Christ, my life is now completely changed. Just because I know that God loves me regardless of what I do. My marriage is thriving. My life is no longer determined by circumstances. I'm free from the pain of the past. Free of the bondage of my addiction. I find my joy and my worth 
in Jesus Christ. There are times when I still struggle, but I have a group of men behind me that spur me on and encourage me. If I could tell you one thing. One thing. One thing. If I could tell you one thing tonight, it would be this. You are not alone. God loves you and he has plans for you. You haven't done anything that God cannot forgive. And that if he could save a wretch like me, he can save you too. Don't let fear hold you back from experiencing the freedom that Christ has for you. This is a safe place to work through the pain of your past. You're in the right place. And I'm so excited for you. Don't give up. Be here every time you can. It is worth your time. And be fully committed. His grace is sufficient. So bring him all of your struggles. There's recovery in Christ when life is broken because you matter to God. God loves you. I'll tell you where we're headed this morning. I want to show you a passage of Scripture. I want to say a little bit about Regen. I want to introduce you to those who are going to be leading this ministry. And then when we break today, uh, those leaders, and I will be there as well, we're going to host a Q&A from 12 to 12.30, so not very long, back in adult room three. And uh, Lauren Grossman, along with her, our kids director, along with her husband Matt, will be available to watch any kiddos that need to be watched from 12 until 12.30. And so if watching that video, you already say, I want to come to that. Or if after what I might share, if you say, you know what, I, I want to be there, but I didn't sign up, that's okay. 12 to 12.30, we won't keep you long, but it'll be an opportunity for you to hear a little bit more, ask some questions, get to know who those leaders are so you know who to go back to with questions over the next few weeks. And Lord willing, February 6th, Regen will launch. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to try to move quickly through this passage. If you don't have a Bible, turn to it on your phone, maybe. And I, I want to move quickly and just remind us of the reality that we live even as followers of Jesus Christ. I want us to look at the power that is available to us and then at the help, an additional help that we can enjoy. In chapter 5, verse 16, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh for these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. 
Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. The reality we face, even as followers of Jesus, is that we are still in the flesh. Our sins, if we've put our faith in Jesus Christ, have been forgiven, and the power of sin has been broken, but the presence of sin remains. The flesh is what it's called. And it's that inclination in every single one of us, even as believers in Jesus, towards that which is sin, towards that which trips us up and knocks us down. All of us know what this struggle is. We want to obey the Lord, and yet we find ourselves stumbling. For some of us, it's pride. For some of us, it's greed. For some of us, it's laziness. For some of us, it's lust. For some of us, it's anger. For some of us, it's this that or the other. But every one of us knows that inclination within our heart that still pulls us away from the will of God. These are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. Paul is writing to Christians who are right smack in the reality of this war. This, what one author called an eschatological war. Christ having saved us and having put His Spirit within us. But until that day, when He glorifies us, we are in this fight of faith for the sake of holiness. That's the reality that we all face. I don't normally do this, but I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Raise your hand if that's a reality that you face. I'm watching. I see some of you. You don't have your hand up. I want to talk to you afterwards because I've never met one of you. I've never met a Christian who doesn't still struggle with sin. So I want to meet you. Every one of us. Walk by the Spirit and you won't carry out the desires of the flesh. The desires of the flesh are there. They are alive. And they are well. The old story, I'm a graduate of Dallas Theological Seminary. One of the famous stories is, is, of, is of a young man walking across the DTS campus with an old professor. An old godly man. And the young man saying to him, Oh, prof, I can't wait until the struggle with sin is over. And the old fellow said, me neither. Meaning 
he was still right in the midst of it. That's the reality we face, but praise God for the power that we have. Verse 16, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Skip to one in verse 18. If you're led by the Spirit. He says, if we live by the Spirit, and we do, it was the Spirit of God that drew us to faith in Jesus Christ. And as we put our faith in Him, the Spirit of God gives us that life that we now have in Christ. We live as Christians by the Spirit. And we are led by the Spirit. He he comes into our life and He begins to impress upon us new desires and new values and new hopes and new dreams. 2 Corinthians 5. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old is past. New things have come. New desires, new hopes, new dreams, new passions to obey the Lord. And so we live by the Spirit. We're led by the Spirit. And it, He does it through His Word. And therefore, we are to walk by the Spirit. We are to see the things that He desires for us and, and seek His help and humbly depend upon Him as we seek rather than greed to live in generosity or rather than anger to live in love or rather than lust to live in purity, or rather than pride to live in humility, or rather than laziness to live in diligence. The power of the Holy Spirit of God is just awesome. But sometimes we don't know how to practically work that out in our lives. What does it mean for us to be led by the Spirit? What does it mean to walk by the Spirit day by day in the midst of this war we need help we need encouragement and so the reality we face is this battle and the power that we have is the spirit of god but there's also some additional help that we receive down there in chapter six brethren even if anyone is caught in any trespass you who are spiritual you who are learning what it means to walk in the power of the spirit Restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and therefore thereby fulfill the law of Christ. One of the great mercies of God to the Christian is the caring community of faith who comes alongside each other to help one another. in this fight to restore and to bear one another's burdens to help each other as i think about regen this is the passage that came to mind this is the story of every single one of us at least the the struggles up here 
we're in this back and forth, the spirit and the flesh. But God has given us the power of the spirit and the caring community to help us. I said it last week. I want to say it again and then say a bit of a caveat. This ministry, first of all, is for everyone. In the sense that all of us, at least all of us, some of you all I still want to meet, at least all of us raised our hand. Yeah, I know what that reality's like. Yeah, I know what it's like to war against my flesh. If you watch the video and you hear about anger or you hear about lust or you hear about um, fear or you hear about codependency or you hear about greed or you hear... It's every one of us. I meant to put this up on the screen and then forgot to do it. I don't want us to think about regen. Think about a big old circle. And the circle represents God's people. I don't want us to think about a smaller circle within there called them and they. That's that's what regen's for. It's for them. It's for those who are alcoholics. It's, It's for those who are porn addicts. It's, it's for those who are, have eating disorders. It's, it's for those who are, but it's not for me. This year's not going to work out for me to go through Regen, but I want to go through it because I know what it is for the flesh to set its desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These are in opposition to one another. And I know what it is to walk in the Spirit, but I also know what it is to not walk in the Spirit. And I know what it is to need the help of the Christian community to bear the burden of walking with Jesus. Jerry Bridges, wonderful author, he passed away a few years ago. He wrote a book called Respectable Sins. And his idea was that there are some sins that, boy, we know all about those. And we will, if you will, crucify you for those. He writes of discontentment, unthankfulness, anger, judgmentalism, envy, jealousy, worldliness, sins of the tongue. Those are respectable sins that you can kind of get away with within the body of Christ. But he's saying these are sins that we all need to deal, deal with. We all get into, can get into habits with these sorts of sins that aren't good. And they hold us back from all that Jesus wants for us. Regen is a discipleship program more than it is anything that helps God's people who may be struggling with any kind of sin to learn how to walk in the Spirit with the resources that God provides to grow in holiness. So, if you were to say to me, Mitch, as this ministry launches, what's your 
What's your long-term hope for it? It's obviously the gracious and kind life change that God would bring to every man and woman who would go through it. But on a, if you will, a strategic level, it's that every single person at Redeemer Community Church would eventually go through Regen. Because it's not for a small set. It's for all of us. At the same time, this ministry is not for everyone in the sense that it is robust. This is not one of those ministries that you can show up to one week and not show up to the next and be there a couple weeks and then say, you know what, I'm tired, I'm not going to be there. It ain't one of those. It's not one of those where you're going to come in and somebody's going to pop in a DVD and you're going to sit there and watch a DVD together and then maybe talk about it a little bit and then go off and gone. This is a robust ministry. It takes about 10 months to go through it on a weekly basis. And it takes in the first couple of months about 10 minutes a day of daily work that you're doing. And then for the next eight months, 25 or 30 minutes a day of working through the curriculum and then getting together on Wednesday nights with the group. Now, Mitch, are you saying you can't ever miss? No, I'm not saying you can't ever miss. But it's one of those kinds of groups that you're committed to being there unless you just absolutely can't. And so it is for everyone, but it is robust. And so you would have to count the cost, if you will, before making that kind of commitment. But it's digging into the nitty-gritty of life and into the nitty-gritty of the resources that God's gospel provides to his people and engaging with others in this fight of faith. Number three, I mentioned this last week, but I want to remind us this, is, this will be a front door ministry and not a back door ministry. Sometimes in these kinds of ministries, these recovery ministries, they, are, they meet at a discrete time, Saturday morning, something like that, in a discreet place. Hey, listen, if you're in this particular ministry, park on the back side of the church and we'll have the back door open and you can come through there. And Not at all for Regen. This is a front door ministry. Because this is a ministry that all of God's people need and there's absolutely zero shame for being there. There's no shame for being there. And we're going to do it on Wednesday nights from 6.30 to 8 when RSM is meeting over in the mill, when Team Kids is meeting here in this building, when we've got a prayer group, the boiler room going, when we've got another class going, Regen is going to be meeting. And you may well see one of your friends walk down the hall to go to Regen. And your attitude cannot be, I'm going to make assumptions about them. I wonder what, what nasty sin they're into. 
boy, I didn't realize that she didn't have her act together. That dude, wonder what it is that he did. Y'all hear me? What we ought to do, we're not going to do, but what we ought to do is line that hallway. And just like on senior night or on whatever, when people are going down that hallway, we ought to be giving them high fives. And some of you old gals ought to break out your pom-poms from back in the day and cheer people on. Way to go. Good for you. Probably with, with a little bit, if we were honest, a little bit of envy going, I wish I had the guts that they had. Because I need to be walking down that hall too. But I'm just too scared. There's no shame in going down that hall. And there's, by God, there's no haughtiness from any of us who see anybody going down that hall. You cannot think, I wonder what he did. I wonder what she's into. Maybe pride. That they, boy, pride. You know, man, I walk in on Sunday mornings. I'm in community. Everybody thinks every, everything about my life is great, but if they only knew. It could be fear. Fear and anxiety that just trips you up, holds you back. It could be any number of things. So don't you be afraid to sign up for Regen. And don't you be afraid on Wednesdays that when you come walking in the door, and some are going to the prayer meeting and others are going to another class and you're going down to Regen. Don't you feel one iota of shame? Number four, it's grounded in the gospel. Some of you are familiar with other 12-step programs like Alcoholics Anonymous or even Celebrate Recovery. Regen is, is in many ways built upon, upon those kinds of 12-step models, but with an even greater effort to ground it in the great, great love of God for His people, Father, Son, and Spirit, to ground it in the gospel of God that in Him we are forgiven of our sins, past, present, and future. And there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus and to ground it in the, the power of the Holy Spirit of God given to the believer to help in this war and to do it in the midst of Christian community where you can be honest and you can be loved. I want to show you what these 12 steps are quickly. Caleb, can you throw up that first one and hopefully my deal's going to work. The first three of these steps, realize your need for God's grace. Number one, admit. We admit we are powerless over our addictions, brokenness, and sinful patterns. That in our own power, our lives are unmanageable. Note, you see that word and you go, that's not me. Got any of those? 
Romans 7, 18. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for the willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. Step two is to believe. We come to believe that God is the one whose, po- whose power can fully restore us. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, forget none of his benefits, who pardons all our iniquities, who heals our diseases, who redeems our life from the pit, who crowns us with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies our years with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagle. Number three, we trust. We decide to trust God with our lives and wills by accepting his grace through Jesus Christ, Ephesians chapter 2. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, he made us alive together with Christ. And so steps one, two, and three, realize your need for God's grace. Steps four through six, receive God's grace. Number four, an inventory. We make a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Psalm 51, 6. Behold, you desire truth in the innermost being, and in the hidden part you will make me know wisdom. And step five, confess. We confess to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our sins. 1 John 1, 7-9. But if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, cleanses us from all sins. If we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Step six, we repent. We become entirely ready to turn away from our patterns of sin and turn to God. Second Timothy 2 Timothy 2.2, now flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Step seven to nine, respond to God's grace. Number seven, follow. We humbly ask God's spirit to change our hearts and minds in order to follow Christ fully. Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Step eight, forgive. We forgive those who have harmed us and become willing to make amends to those that we have harmed. Ephesians 4, 32 to 5, 1. But be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Step nine, amends. We make direct amends whenever possible, submitting to God's will, submitting to God His word, and biblical counsel in Romans 12, never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. And then finally, steps 10 to 12, regeneration because of God's grace. Step 10, continue. We continue to examine our lives, and when we sin, promptly confess and turn to walk with Christ. Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. Step 11 is intimacy. We seek to deepen our relationship with God daily and depend on his power to do his will. 
This is, John 17, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And then finally, step 12, regenerate. Because of our new lives in Christ, we carry God's message of reconciliation to others and practice these principles in every aspect of our lives. 2 Corinthians 5, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Regen was developed by our good friends at Watermark Church up in Dallas. And they have sought very hard to ground this in the gospel of Jesus Christ and in his word. Last thing, this year, 2019, will be a regeneration pilot group. And it'll be led by Chris and Elizabeth Colbreth, along with Kale and Debbie Kibbe. Um, I'm going to bring them up in just a, a moment. But what this means primarily is that we are looking for additional men and women, not necessarily a couple. It could be a, a husband or a wife or a single woman, a single man. It we're not, doesn't have to be couples. But we're primarily looking for additional men and women who will join the Colbreths and the Kibbies to go through this ministry this year. To legitimately go through the ministry, not, not, not simply with this idea of I, I'm here to be trained as a leader for next year, but to go through it themselves for the sake of their own soul. But having in the back of one's mind, not in the front of your mind, but in the back of one's mind, to be a potential leader of the group next year and beyond. So that's primarily who we're looking for this year men and women who will join the Colbreths and the Kibbies to go through this ministry this year together with a view towards leading in the years to come. But what that doesn't mean is if you watched that video or you listened to anything I might have said and you said, I need some help. I got some hurts. I got some hang-ups. I can I join this year? I'm not so sure I may be leader material next year, but boy, that sounds like a place where I would love to be this year. Yes. Yes. Don't you let the fact that it's pilot year keep you from stepping in if you want to be there. So let me introduce these folks to you. Chris and Elizabeth Colbreth, why don't you come on up along with Cale Kibbe. His wife, Debbie, is not here this morning. Um, I'm not going to ask them to say anything unless they're just dying to say anything. But here's what I, wanna, I want you all to see who they are. Um, but the one thing I want to say about them that I, I, I think they would agree with. Um, get up here and preach probably don't want to. Uh, teach a methodical Bible study through the book of Romans? <laughs> Elizabeth says, no. <laughs> Maybe not. Gift of teaching? Probably not. 
but a love for God's people and a desire to get down into the nitty-gritty of life because they've been there. They're all over it. I'm so thankful that Chris and Elizabeth came and said, hey, you heard of Regen? I said, yeah, I heard of it. Could we launch it here? Yes, I think. Come meet with our elders. And every one of our elders going, yes. So thankful for the providence of God that brought you all here and laid this on your heart. Then as we kept moving forward with the plans going, we would love it if, if another couple would join with them. Who could that be? And Kayla and Debbie Kibbe hearing about it and saying, we would love to be a part of launching this ministry. And so if you read my email and you said, who are the Colbert's, who are the Kibbe's, never met them, here they are. And these are the ones that will lead our Q&A here in just a bit, and they're ones that you can grab a hold of in the foyer or reach out to me if you'd like their contact information. They can help you think it through some more. Okay? Anything you all want to say? Come to the Q&A. Come to the Q&A. All right. Um, it's time to go, and I, I, th I think that's enough. So let me pray. We'll be done. Father in heaven, thank you that you have loved us before the world began. And you set your love upon us to bring us to yourself that we might be forgiven of our sins and be declared righteous in Jesus Christ and to be adopted into your family and to be indwelt by your Holy Spirit to one day be in a new body in which sin no longer remains and to be with you forevermore. But in the meantime, it's a fight of faith, and it's a struggle. And thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the body of Christ. We pray for Regen. We pray that you would go above and beyond any of our expectations of what you might want to do through this ministry in our church and then into our city. Pray for Chris and Elizabeth, for Kale and Debbie. Thank you for their willingness to launch this, to give the time, to give the effort, and God, I pray right now that you would raise up a handful more men and women who will say, we want to we join you. We want to see this kind of ministry flourish at Redeemer. So God, we're looking for you to do what only you can. And we'll pray in Jesus' name. Amen.